and keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Tuesday, December the 7th, we're going to have a great show for you today. Jesse Romero is going to be back on the program. It's been a while since we've had him on. We've had him on a few times. And today we're going to be talking about marijuana. What is the Catholic take on marijuana? This, I think this came up in casual conversation last week, possibly. I can't remember. Maybe it was the week before. But we, we brought up the topic on the show and we thought, we got to get Jesse Romero on. You know, what is the uh, Catholic take on marijuana? Many states are making it legal. So what do we say as Catholics? Is it okay? Uh, we're going to have that conversation at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that. And then, of course, we're going to have a What's Concerning Us section at 15 past the hour. Lots of stories to talk about in the news, especially from a Catholic perspective. Two bishops, two bishops in Germany are uh, questioning church's teaching on the LGBTQ lifestyle and relationships. Hmm, synodality. I don't know. We're going to talk about that and much more coming up at 15 past. Plus, we'll have Gospel of the Day, Saint of the Day, and we'll have a couple of great news segments with the breaking news that uh, will help you stay informed before you get to wherever you're going today so that you can have those uh, informed conversations with colleagues, you know, co-workers, friends, relatives, or what have you. All of that and more today on Catholic Drive Time. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Good Praise morning, listeners. Uh, anything of surprise in the news today? Uh, well, one thing that really stood out to me was this story about uh, the White House flagging art, the art industry for money laundering. Really? Um, yeah. It's because they mean, didn't get their take. They're yeah, cut of the action. <laughs> I see where this is going. Well, for a long time, art has been just horrible. And you wonder, how did this get in the museum, right? It's, it must be money laundering. Are you like a, <laughs> uh, are you like a Renaissance art fan? Is that, uh, what is your preference? I haven't, I haven't looked at art in a long time, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. But yeah, Renaissance is nice. Although some people say it's a little too, a little too risque. So <laughs> have you been, have you been to the Sistine Chapel lately? <laughs> I mean, somebody find some clothes. That's all I'm going to say. Right? Yeah. Like golly gee whiz people. Well, they didn't uh, have clothes back then. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> apparently not. I, I'm not the biggest Renaissance art fan, although I do love, uh, love Caravaggio because of his, of his use of light. You know, it's just mm. really amazing. But other than that, it's like it's too contemporary, right? I've I never been a big fan of contemporar, contemporary art that takes scenes from the Bible and puts them into our present context. I've, I've never been yeah. a big fan of that style. And I agree. Renaissance is just chock full of that kind of thing. Everybody's wearing medieval armor and, and outfits, and it's just, I don't know, <laughs> distracting to me. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of medieval armor? Uh, sure. I have a I have a few uh, suits of armor at home. Do you? No, I don't. Oh, we should make I you wish. wear them. I, <laughs> I wish I did. Pretty amazing. I, if <laughs> I did, I would wear it. Don't you worry. Hilarious. You got the armor of God. There you go. There you go. I see I'll where be, you're going. I'll be wearing the uh, the breastplate of of scripture or something like that. Righteousness. There right. you go. Yeah, it works either way. <laughs> Ephesians chapter six. Uh, Adrian, are you a big fan of uh, Renaissance art? Um, I like the 
artistic capability of the Renaissance painters and artists. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that their style of art is superior to most. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't like the um, decadence of it. I think that was the rise of the decadent movement, and it really led to all of the decadent art and yeah. styles to, that we have today. So, Yesterday, I happened, to, I happened to catch an, uh, an interview of somebody Joe Rogan was uh, talking to about caffeine, you know, being my favorite drug of choice, <laughs> since we're going to talk to Jesse Romero about uh, drugs today. Uh, he, t he mentioned how when in the 16th century, when caffeine hit Europe through coffee and tea, uh, you see a major shift in art mm. and uh, and and the you know industrial age takes off and and all the rest. So is caffeine totally responsible for Renaissance art? That's the question. I wonder. Yeah, it's very interesting. <sighs> and I, and I, so yeah, I agree with you. I Rembrandt uh, is amazing. Well, you didn't say Rembrandt, but I'm thinking Rembrandt. That's the lighting favorite? of Rembrandt's on the is where we get a lot of the technique of photography from Rembrandt's lighting, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, Caravaggio so is the one known for his light, uh, for the use of light. Is, uh, Caravaggio. I can't remember what Rembrandt. We got to get the lady on who's an expert on, on the Vatican Museums. I, I think her name is Elizabeth, if I'm not mistaken. We've, I've talked to her in the past. But she, I'm very against naked art. <laughs> you got to stand for something. You yeah. know what I mean? Just you got to like, have uh, principles. After the, the Council of Trent, they covered up all the uh, the naked images in the Sistine Chapel, and they uh, they cleaned everything up, basically, in the Vatican. All the statues were, were censored, uh, so they got rid of all that, and it wasn't until fairly recently that they uncovered all that. All right. Well, there you go. Oh, maybe we should do a—I think this is a signal. We needed to have a show on, on art. I think um, so, too. We'll find us a good guest on our—we'll talk about Let's that. Let's pray. Let's dive in. We have much to get into. Great to see everybody hanging out with us already this morning on our social feeds, on our live video feeds. Becky and Kimberly, and uh, and uh, thank you, Keenan, for being here. Praise be to God. Um, we'll be having an after show in the second half of the second hour today, so we look forward to that where we get to chat with you uh, more specifically. Tammy, good morning to you and everybody else. Let's pray. Let's dive in. Let's talk uh, about the breaking news coming up here in a moment. But first, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Let's dive right into these headlines this morning. Epic Times reports ships continue to flood the Los Angeles ports. Cargo ships waited in record numbers to offload goods at the nation's busiest ports this week, as officials again delayed the start of a new system that would fine shipping companies from storing containers at busy terminals. An influx of 96 container ships were waiting in line to offload at the Los Angeles and Long Beach ports in Decem on December 3rd. Kip Letit, executive director of the Marine Exchange of South Southern California, said... Ships were waiting at, at anchor for about 20 days on average, the Port of Los Angeles reported on Monday. A new container dwell fee that was slated to start on Monday after being delayed was held off for another week. Authorities are expected to start imposing the fee December 13th. The Los Angeles and Long Beach port complex has seen a combined decline of 37% in aging cargo on the docks since the, fee, 
since the fee was announced in October, according to a statement issued by the ports. Breitbart reports White House flags art industry for money laundering while permitting Hunter to sell art to anonymous buyers. And LifeSite reports Guatemalan pro-lifers fear Planned Parenthood blood money will sway government to legalize abortion. Pro-life activists in Guatemala has said, have said that their anti-abortion laws are now firmly in the crosshairs of leftist politicians and the International Planned Parenthood Federation after a bill was presented Thursday in Congress that would decriminalize abortion up to the 12th week of pregnancy. The proposed reform of the country's penal code would also render the opposition any opposition to gender ideology as a hate crime, according to critics of the motion. The leftist-led Justice Sector Reform Commission of, of the Congress of the Republic of Guatemala has proposed redefining abortion from being the death of the product of conception at any time during pregnancy to characterizing it as the interruption of pregnancy through the expulsion or total extraction of the fetus, causing its death. Speaking to LifeSite News, Elena Gaitan of Guatemala's Family Matters Association said that latest that said the latest attempt to legalize abortion comes as no surprise because money from abroad has been pouring into their coffers of civil organizations and politicians there for years. Among Latin American countries, only El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic have total bans on abortion. And the Blaze reports Biden DOJ accuses Texas of discriminating against black and Latino voters in lawsuit to block new electoral map. The Biden administration is suing the state of Texas, this time alleging that the state's redistricting plans for the Texas congressional delegation and state house of representatives illegally discriminates against black and Latino voters. In a speech delivered Monday, Attorney Mer General Merrick Garland accused Texas of violating Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and announced that a lawsuit to block the state's newly adopted electoral map from taking effect. The complaint follows a nationwide redistricting process that happens every 10 years after new census data is released. Texas Governor Greg Abbott in October signed into law a new congressional map that critics say is intended to keep Republicans in power by diluting the minority vote through gerrymandering. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton said, quote, The Department of Justice's absurd lawsuit against our state is the Biden administration's latest ploy to control Texas voters. I'm confident that our legislature's redistricting decisions will be proven lawful, and this preposterous attempt to sway democracy will fail, unquote. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Maria Giuseppe Rossello. She was born on May 27, 1811. St. Maria Giuseppe was born to a large Christian family, and, but when she was just 16 years of age, she entered the Third Order Franciscans. She spent seven years in the service of a wealthy but childless couple. And when she earnestly desired to enter a convent, but she was refused admission because she had no dowry. The couple for whom she worked hesitated to furnish the dowry because they were unwilling to give up the girl whom they loved and intended to make their heir. Divine Providence came to her assistance. The Bishop of Savona knew of the special talent of Mary Joseph possessed and gathering young girls about her and instructing them in their religion. So he purchased a house, furnished two rooms as classrooms, and entrusted the work of teaching to Mary Joseph and a few other young women who were similarly qualified. And so in the year 1837, there was organized the Institutes of, Daughters of the Daughters of Mercy. A few years later, the little band of teachers pronounced their vows. Mary Joseph administered the office of superior during the space of 40 years. She placed her community under the protecting care of Our Lady of Mercy and of St. Joseph. 
A favorite motto of hers, which she often was heard to repeat, was the hands should be at work and the heart with God. Her own experience taught her a lesson, and so she received good girls into her community without a dowry. Her love for the six sisters was expressed in the statement, We must look upon our six sisters as our most reliable support. They, by their patience, their suffering, and their prayers, maintain the house, and in fact the whole institute, since they seek and obtain for us from the Father of mercy the blessings of heaven. Mother Mary Joseph departed from this life on December 7th of the year 1880 and was beatified in 1938 and canonized in 1949. St. Maria Giuseppe Rossello, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray... Will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the fact that just before this passage, the passage right before this is about uh, cutting off your hands if it causes you to sin. Better to go into heaven without a hand than to go into hell with your whole body. Remember that, because it's about those who choose to do sin and those who choose not to. Number one. Number two, who are the 99 and who is the lost sheep? Well, St. Hilary, St. Anselm, and many of the early church fathers saw this as, quote, the lost, this is coming out of the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, by the way, the lost sheep represent mankind who went astray in sin. The 99 on the hills are the angels in heaven. In the incarnation, Christ temporarily descended from the hills to seek the lost souls of men. Through the redemption, Christ restores men to grace and raises them again to the company of the angels. So I think too often, at least I'm speaking for myself here, I have heard this particular passage and the thought is, oh, look, all those people trying to live good and holy lives who are participating in the life of the church, going to mass regularly, going to confession regularly, they're the 99 left behind. And that ardent sinner is the one lost. And Jesus leaves us behind to go find them. Not so, say the early church fathers, not so. And in the next hour, I'll shed uh, some light on you from St. John Damascene and St. Gregory the Great about the 99. I think it's fascinating. Stick around. We're going to be right back. What's concerning us? It's coming up next. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Many Protestants believe Christians can be absolutely sure they're going to heaven. Because John tells us in 1 John 5.13, I write this that you may know you have eternal life. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, 
John writes in the next verse, and this is the confidence which we have in him. For John, the knowledge we have of our salvation is not a certainty without doubt, but a confident assurance. And that's the Catholic belief. Second, we know this is what John means because in verse 15, he draws a parallel between our knowledge of salvation and our knowledge that God grants our requests. Do we have absolute certitude that God will grant our requests? No, but we are confident he will answer. So Catholics need not worry. John is not teaching Protestant doctrine here. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Jesse Romero from Virgin Most Powerful Radio about marijuana. I know you're thinking, it's Advent. Why are we talking about marijuana? Well, you know, drugs are a big thing, especially in our families, especially in states where they are legalizing these things. Uh, many states are. In fact, I know that in uh, Wyoming, thanks to Colorado legalizing marijuana, they've had a lot of big drug problems in a lot of those smaller towns in, in Wyoming. So it's causing lots of issues, health, psychologically, emotionally, and uh, and other issues within families and society. So we're going to have a conversation with Jesse Romero over the Catholic Church's teaching on marijuana. And I would argue other drugs of choice, like Caffeine, for instance. So that's coming up at 35 past the hour. Uh, There are, as I say, a few stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And I want to cover some of those. This morning I saw in the LifeSite News the headline, German Catholics protest Archdiocese of Berlin banning unvaccinated from attending Mass. Here we go again. We saw this up in Canada, there were two dioceses. One rescinded their order, but the other one, I think, just recently put it in place where you have to have a vaccine in order to go to Holy Mass. Think about that for a second. This is a group who's protesting to say, no, church is for all. It's not just for... It used to be a day where people would argue that uh, non-Catholics should be able to go to communion. Remember those good old days of the arguments? And uh, they'd say, it doesn't matter. Anybody should be able to go to communion. Now, they're, they're definitely in favor. The same group of people who would argue for that are now in favor totally that you have to have a vaccine in order to receive the sacraments in, in Germany, in this diocese in Berlin. It's very, very concerning. And it's not new, unfortunately. And this is the new normal that we're all having to deal with. You know, I was thinking today, because today is the feast day of St. Ambrose. And uh, St. Ambrose, he excommunicated the emperor, uh, Theodosius, or at least the emperor in the East. But he was basically the emperor of the whole of the whole empire, even though there was one in the West as well. Uh, that's because he got mad one day because one of his officials was murdered, so he murdered everybody in the town. I mean— it's the kind of thing emperors do, right? Well, Ambrose, being the bishop of Milan and the bishop of the seat of power in the Roman Empire at the time, would not allow him to come to his church, would not allow him to go to Holy Communion until he repented and uh, made a good act of contrition, went to confession, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he did. And he did. Golly gee whiz. If we didn't have uh, those opportunities today where— uh, we saw massive scandal 
uh, from public figures and bishops acted in this way, let alone restrict people based on vaccine status. Imagine uh, bishops in the ancient church not allowing people to go to communion because they had a sickness or whatever, and they were unvaccinated. Absolutely crazy to me. It's very, very scandalous that we would regulate the sacraments based on vaccine status. I mean, if you're concerned because it's indoors, can you not do what bishops have done in the past? Uh, St. Charles Borromeo, for instance, making sure that people who had the plague received Holy Communion by his priests— I mean, well, there's a will, there's a way. And it would seem to me that there isn't very much of a will. So that's a very concerning story. But wait, there's more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's more. How about this story out of the National Catholic Reporter? Uh, Not a source I go to very frequently, to be honest with you. But the headline was just a little too tempting. Two German uh, bishops, two German bishops question church's teaching on LGBT relationships. Uh, God, you is even more uh, fun in Germany amongst the Catholic bishops there. Here's a uh, little, this article is very brief. I'll read a little bit to you. Two Catholic bishops in Germany, Franz Joseph Overbeck of Essen and Heinrich uh, of Dresden, I can't pronounce his last name correctly, so I'm just going <laughs> to not try, have called for major changes in the church's teaching on sexual morality as part of contributions to a new book called Catholic and Queer. Homosexual partnerships, transgender issues, and diversity must be reevaluated on the basis of new understandings of sexuality. Timber, uh, one of the bishops said, the one from Dresden, who wrote in the book he, that was published this week, for centuries, the church misjudged, quote, misjudged people and left them alone with their situation and sensitivities and de facto put them on the sidelines, unquote, the bishop said. He goes on to say, quote, here we have committed injustice and have also become guilty, unquote. In his essay, Overbeck said he rejects, quote, the adherence to a sexual morality, which, for example, wants to practically deny people who love someone on the same-sex possibility of a successful and fulfilling relationship, unquote. He continued, quote, The life experience and deep feelings of those who are homosexual or transgender have touched me very deeply, unquote. Church teaching must integrate these concrete testimonies of life, Overbeck wrote. Overbeck uh, wrote, the, wrote that Pope Francis has made clear the same-sex partnerships deserve legal protection. In doing so, Overbeck said that the Pope had expressed a, quote, new form of appreciation that can be the starting point for a local church reevaluation of homosexuality, unquote. However, this development ran counter to the rejection of blessings for gay partnerships issued by the Vatican's congregation for the doctrine of the faith, Overbeck added. According to current Catholic teaching, it is not a sin to have homosexual feelings, but sexual acts between people of the same gender are intrinsically disordered and contrary to natural law. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, in fact, they are. Um, you can read this article if you'd like over at uh, ncronline.org. Uh, but let me just say this. Um, there's a reason why the church teaches what it teaches, number one. Number two, 
As a basic assumption, we, the lay faithful, we just assume and expect our bishops to withhold, uphold the, whole, the teaching of the Holy Mother Church. It's just a basic thing that we just say, hey, listen, you are a minister in the court of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and it is above your pay grade to decide uh, winners and losers in Catholic Church teaching. You are not paid, asked, or we don't even, we don't bother to, to want to know what your opinion is about which of the church's teaching you feel you want to reinvent just because of the, of the, of the winds that blow today. You're, you're a bishop, you're a servant. Your job is not to decide what to cut out of the catechism of the Catholic Church. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. There's a reason why the church teaches what it teaches on the gift of human sexuality and then how these relationships between men and men and women and women or any other combination you would like to invent are disordered. They aren't fruitful. They aren't fulfilling. Now, is it possible for one person to have deep admiration, affection, uh, dare I say love for another human person of the same sex? Well, sure, we are capable of those things. However, our reason has to inform our emotions. I mean, if I allowed my emotions to do whatever it desired, I mean, think about how many bacon cheeseburgers I would consume in a single day. I mean, it would be crazy, right? There are downsides, there are consequences to choices, and our emotions, those deep desires that we have, have to be checked by reason and intellect. And as St. Paul would tell us in Romans chapter 1, these disordered relationships are bad. They have an eternal consequence. And therefore, out of great charity for human persons, we as the lay faithful and even as the bishops' hierarchy of the church, our job is to make sure that our neighbors don't go skipping merrily into the fires of hell without someone saying or doing something. Imagine your neighbor's house burning down and you did nothing but sit back and say, well, hey, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? This is deeply troubling. The two bishops are outwardly not hiding it. They aren't hiding in, in the closet or in the, in, the, in the shadows. They are outwardly proposing a total revamping of Catholic Church teaching in regards to this. Um, that is troubling. And is it any wonder then we see the other problems in Germany? I mean, if you go back and you read what happened in the uh, first half of the 16th century in Germany, Martin Luther and all the rest, the princes of Germany, eagerly ready to revolt against Holy Mother Church, eagerly ready to, to uh, lay waste to village after village, burning, raping, and pillaging in order to have command and control over the lives of other people, let alone theology and everything else. Is it any wonder that Germany is in a hot mess? What could be the thing that changes everything? What could turn it all around? Uh, faithfulness, holiness, piety, obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But, but I have this struggle. I have this deep struggle. I am inclined to this thing that is so tempting to me. Offer that up. Give that over to Our Lady. Beg her for help. And she will help you. She will come to your rescue. Tomorrow we celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Tomorrow we celebrate this wonderful feast, this gift that God in his infinite grace and mercy has given to the whole world, his own mother. The mediatrix of all graces. 
who is so eager to come and to comfort you as a mother does to her tender child. Like that one lost, she comes. But are we willing to give to her, to our Lord through her, our deepest desires, our temptations, our weaknesses, our brokenness? Or do we allow ourselves to rationalize these things in our life and make it okay? Is it okay for me to eat 10 bacon cheeseburgers in a single day? No, but I deeply desire it. Trust me, I do. I can smell the bacon. Can you smell the bacon right now? In your, I can smell it. I would eat it if it were in front of me. That's how tempting it is. But let me tell you, there are consequences to the lives we live. And as the early church fathers are, are stating, God desires all. St. John Damascene says, The Almighty wishes none of his little ones to perish, inasmuch as they are all his creatures, made to his own image, and destined for the kingdom of glory, though it is equally certain that he wills the eternal punishment of many who have turned away from his service and followed iniquity. If we observe this distinction, it is easy to see what our Savior meant when he said, that it was not the will of his father that any of these little ones should perish. St. John Damascene, pray for us. Oh, God wills us to go to heaven, but he is not going to force us to make these choices. Life is hard. Life is difficult. There are many challenges that we all face, myself included. But he's given us grace. He's given us the means through the sacraments of reconciliation, Holy Eucharist, and more. We have the body of Christ to fall back into for help. And we must make use of this. And if we don't, God help us. There is mercy in great abundance, but we have to do our part. And if we don't, well, then I guess we get what we get. Let's pray for these bishops in Germany. Let's pray for the church in Germany because it is on the precipice. We're going to be right back. We're going to go to a break. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos. And then uh, Jesse Romero is going to be back on the program. Looking forward to that. All that's coming up right after this very short break. Have a drive time. We'll be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. For some couples, praying together is very natural, but for others, prayer may feel awkward or forced. The truth is, there is real power in spouses praying together. So how can couples pray together more? You can begin by blessing each other and your children in the morning, or engage in communal prayer together like the rosary or the mass. You can also ask your spouse, how can you pray for them? Intercede for them and their needs throughout your day as you are driving or cleaning. When parents need guidance in making decisions for the family, this is when the two of you should come before the Lord in faith and ask for help. And when you fall or make poor choices, you should also repent together and ask the Lord for His forgiveness and mercy. Growing in your prayer life is an essential way to develop and deepen your relationship, but also a way for you to support your spouse and love them more profoundly. A threefold cord is not easily broken. To hear more, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Brady Carlos, and here's your headline news. Breitbart reports Joe Manchin, a lot of changes needed to build, build back, to build back better act. Excuse me, say that three times fast. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from New York hopes to pass the $1.7 trillion Build Back Better Act before Christmas, but the bill may face drastic changes before it could receive Manchin support. Arizona Senators Manchin and Kristen Sinema's support is needed for Schumer to pass the bill through the Senate, as Democrats only have one member majority in Congress's upper chamber. Manchin signaled that the bill may not pass by Christmas and it needs significant reforms. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office and other organizations have found that Biden's landmark legislation would amount to trillions, trillions of dollars in spending, especially in the first several years of its enactment. The CBO said that the bill would cost $750 billion over five years. The Build Back Better Act also contains many arbitrary policy sunsets that would make the bill appear less expensive than the bill's official price tag of $1.7 trillion. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget found that the legislation would cost $4.9 trillion if many of the policies and programs did not expire. AP News reports British woman testifies about grooming by Jelaine Maxwell, and I apologize ahead of time for the graphic nature of the story. A British woman testified Monday that Jelaine Maxwell pressured her into giving Jeffrey Epstein sexual massages when she was still a teenager, assuring that she would have fun with him. The woman testifying at Maxwell's sex abuse trial in New York City using the pseudonym Kate to protect her privacy described one episode during the mid-1990s at Epstein's Palm Beach, Florida estate where Maxwell left out a schoolgirl outfit with a pleated skirt for her to wear to the, for the financier. I thought it would be fun for you to take Jeffrey his tea in this outfit, the witness recalled Maxwell telling her. After a sexual encounter that followed, the British socialite asked me if I had fun. The, wait, the witness was the second woman to take the, the witness stand against Maxwell in a federal court in Manhattan. But unlike the first, she was at the age of consent in Great Britain and the United States during her sexual contact with Epstein, so the judge barred her, barred her from detailing specific acts. Maxwell, 59, has denied charges. She groomed girls as young as 14 for Epstein, who allegedly killed himself in jail 20, in 2019. Her lawyer said the government is making her a scapegoat for Epstein's alleged sex crimes. The jury also saw bank statements on Monday showing that between 1999 and 2007, roughly $30 million was transferred from Epstein's accounts to those of Maxwell's. And the Daily Caller reports exclusive. Loudoun County was given $1.3 million, $1.3 million to buy books with diverse characters and authorship. Parents allege some books resemble pornography. The Hill reports Jan January 6th committee getting significant cooperation from top Pence aide Mark Short, ex-chief of staff to former Vice President Mike Pence, is cooperating with the House committee investigating the alleged January 6th attack on the Capitol. Short, who is still one of Pence's closest advisors, has reportedly was reportedly subpoenaed by the committee in recent weeks. He is an, a notable witness to the events of January 6th, including what happened to Pence and how former President Trump allegedly pressured Pence not to certify the results of the presidential election. The January 6th panel has already seen pushback from multiple Trump officials unwilling to cooperate in its probe, including Stephen Bannon who refused a subpoena and now faces charges of criminal contempt of Congress. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you.
Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us now is Jesse Romero from Virgin Most Powerful Radio and uh, Catholic author, radio host, evangelist. Good morning to you, Jesse Romero. Good morning. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Praise be to God. Thank you for coming on. We're very grateful for your time. We wanted to talk about marijuana. Uh, maybe it's just because for all the seeing all these news uh, headlines in the uh, you know, about California being absolutely bonkers these days. And we know that that's your beloved state, even though you don't live there anymore. And uh, and I also know that there are many families who struggle with this within their families, especially given states like California or, or Colorado who have legalized this. And we wanted to know, what does the church teach on uh, marijuana? But maybe that expands into other drugs as well. So could you start by telling us, what does the church teach in regards to drug use in general? Let's uh, let's go right to the very beginning here. The church, and, go, and it takes it right from God's word, the Bible, uh, it calls us to a life of sobriety. That's, uh, th- that's the, the, probably the greatest uh, argument that I can give. As Catholics, at least, I think I, I've counted at least six times in God's word, it calls us to live a life of sobriety. Uh, in fact, there's strong admonitions not to live a life of, uh, of intoxication in scripture. And so w- what does sobriety mean? Sobriety means you have a sound mind. Sobriety means you're tempered. Sobriety means you're self-controlled. Uh, like as Father Donald Calloway would say, he, he, he has kind of a quip that goes this way. He says, we're called the holiness. But before anybody becomes holy, because without holiness, nobody will see God. Before holiness, he says, you need to embrace sobriety. Sobriety leads to virtue. Virtue leads to holiness. Holiness leads to heaven. Uh, so, so that's the first thing that I would say about marijuana. Uh, t- take a look at, I don't know, let's take a look at what cigarettes have done to this country. Okay, we'll go, we'll go to the whole cigarette argument. Uh, has it made this country a better country or a worse country? Uh, well, I, I would dare say that we're not better because of cigarettes. In fact, it took us decades for, uh, for people to realize, you know what, uh, maybe this wasn't that good of an idea. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, we had this, uh, this strong pushback, probably about 10 years against cigarettes. Uh, there's a doctor named Dr. Fitz- Fitzgibbons. He says that marijuana now is like cigarettes was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. The reason tobacco was around for so long is because of it, it, it reaped enormous benefits and enormous profits while people were denying the harm that the cigarettes were causing. And history is going to repeat itself with marijuana because now the powerful cannabis lobby also stands or is making enormous financial gains. You know, I was just thinking about uh, the, the film Poltergeist, um, a very popular film when I was a kid. And um I remember there's a scene towards the beginning of that film where the parents of this family are in their bedroom at night before going to bed, long day at work, et cetera, and they're trying to unwind by smoking marijuana together as a couple. And I, that struck me as like a normalization uh, at a time when no state had, had legalized uh, marijuana in this country as a pushing uh, sort of the, the – the barriers, you know, in order to make it more normal. Do you see that as been a big issue in our country is uh, media, movies, celebrities have pushed this to make it more acceptable? 
Absolutely. That's that's the engine that basically has, has fueled the whole marijuana industry. I, I think it really started when when President, uh, you know, Clinton said, well, uh, you know, I, I've experimented with marijuana a time or two. That kind of started opening the doors there. Then you had, again, they, then they started talking about, you know, Obama. Mm. Obama admitted that he was smoking marijuana as a youngster. And when you look at a lot, all these campaigns, you find one celebrity after another. You know, well, first of all, again, two sitting presidents, they use them. Then, uh, you know, you've had that uh, the whole prominent supporters of, of decriminalization decriminalization like uh, Woody Harrelson, rapper Snoop Dogg, uh, singer-songwriter Willie Nelson, uh, Robert Downey Jr. who participated in an AARP smoking to support marijuana legalization back in 2005. Uh, you have, you know, uh, Oliver Stone who's promoted, promoted it. Uh, and, and also you've had dozens of other actors, you know, entertainers, professional athletes, uh, that that Hollywood, that the media, are, or or the or, or political elites. In fact, uh, that uh, one a, a Republican politician, uh, he worked for the Bush administration. His name will come to me right now. He's now involved in the whole uh, cannabis industry. So yeah, uh, they they get people that got name recognition to promote this, and that way it makes it look cool and acceptable. Mm. You know, Jesse, we have about a minute and a half or two minutes before we go to a break. Uh, real quickly, what about the argument that people will say, well, you know, we allow alcohol. Alcohol is a old tradition of the church, and we allow that. And the alcohol kills way more people than, than marijuana ever has. Uh, therefore, either they both should be legal or they both should be legal. Uh, how, do you, how would you respond to that? that you know, that, that, that's, that's one that is common and that people use. But again, here's what we got to go back to sacred scripture. When you look at when you look at alcohol in the Bible, and and by the way, I, I, I'm I'm no I'm nobody who's I'm not advocating for alcohol. If they got rid of alcohol tomorrow, I wouldn't I could care less. Uh, but but the fact is, alcohol is sanctioned by Scripture. You'll find it in the Old Testament. You'll find it in the New Testament. Uh, it is sanctioned by Scripture. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's many passages that talk, well, you know, St. Paul in, in the book of Timothy says, uh, uh, he says, uh, drink a little wine, it's good for your stomach. Now, you're not going to find the same, these passages talking about an intoxication uh, uh, as a result of marijuana in the scriptures. In fact, um, amongst the Jews, there's an old tradition amongst the Jews that goes back to uh, one of their books. It's outside of scripture. What's the name of that book? Hold that thought, Jesse, right there. Okay. We have a, a break to take here, a very quick break. Jesse Romero is our guest. You can find him linked up at jesseromero.com uh, from Virgin Most Powerful Radio Catholic author and speaker talking about the, the harmful effects of marijuana, but also what the church teaches on that. So right after this break, we're going to dive right back into it. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. I'll be right back. Share us with a friend. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is too condemning. It needs to practice more tolerance. G.K. Chesterton says, 
The other word for tolerance is indifference, and the other word for indifference is apathy. The Catholic Church cannot afford to be apathetic. It cannot afford to be tolerant of evil. It has to be consistent in opposing what is wrong and defending what is right. And the Church especially cannot afford to tolerate social evils that are condoned by the state. Why? Because sooner or later, it'll be turned against the Church. History has shown this to be true more than once. Chesterton says there have been times in history when the church has been wedded to the world, but it has always been widowed by the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Jesse Romero is our guest. We're talking about uh, the Catholic Church's teaching on marijuana. Uh, welcome back to the program, Jesse. One of the myths of marijuana is that it's harmless. Like the worst that could happen is excessive munching happens at two in the mornings. You know, we hear this all the time, but is that true? Are there uh, are there harmful aspects to uh, consuming marijuana, or is it as harmless as people say it is? Well, I'll tell you what's so harmful about it is that the the marijuana that, that young people are using right now, or that people are using in general right now, uh, there's a component there called THC, which, uh, which uh, is that psychoactive ingredient that makes the marijuana. That's what causes intoxication, is the THC. Well, the THC levels right now, they're about 25 or 26 times higher than the marijuana used back in the days of Cheech and Chong. Hmm. And so what you're seeing right now is you're seeing that marijuana, the marijuana that people are using today has an, it's very addictive in nature. The the fact of the matter is, uh, I was having this argument with a niece of mine who's going to college and she was saying, oh, Uncle Jesse, uh, uh, I, I read your book and I, I smoke marijuana every day and stuff and I'm playing basketball and I got a job and I'm carrying a full load. Well, guess what? About six months after the conversation that I had with her and I was trying to tell her about you need to come back to the Catholic faith. What you need is the sacraments. You need, you need a life of prayer, of faith, of sanctifying grace. And she walked away from the church and she was arguing with me about the fact that, yeah, you know what, this has no addictive component to it right now. She's been in a drug rehab for marijuana for the last six months. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, she's, she's almost crashed and burned. Uh, and, and this, this pains me again, because again, this is a, a, a girl that was homeschooled, a girl that was brought up in, in a solid Catholic family with good Catholic parents. Mm. Uh, this is a, a, she used to sing in a Latin mass choir. Wow. Uh, I mean, she was involved in a, in, a, in a chastity club for years and years, and she's complete. The, the marijuana has completely changed her personality. Uh, and so when people tell me in my family, marijuana is not addictive, I say, uh, look at my niece so-and-so, who we all know, who was an all-star athlete, 
uh, just a model daughter, look at her right now. She'll be the first to tell you that uh, my uncle Jesse was absolutely right about what he said and wrote. Oh, Jesse, you were a police officer in L.A. for a number of years. Uh, what about in the uh, out in on the streets? Like people are using marijuana, and uh, what are, what do you see as a result? People often say, "Well, it's just a myth that it's a gateway drug." You know, it's not it's not actually leading to anything. It, people just do it for fun and they get over it. Well, I can tell you this: that uh, I remember uh, when I was in the sheriff's department, I ha- I did a study uh, for the unit that I was working with for. And this is back like 15, 20 years ago. I can imagine what the studies are now. About 85% of inmates who are locked up in jail in California uh, committed their crimes under the influence of alcohol uh, or drugs or a combination of both. And so I can tell you this is that I've talked to dozens and dozens of ex-convicts and they'll tell me that I never would have committed the crime that I committed had I been sober. There's just no way I would have done that. And so uh, the fact is, marijuana makes you, makes you a fuzzy thinker. It makes you intellectually blind. It weakens your will. It makes you a moral relativist. And uh, it, it, I mean, probably I would say the, the, the most basic way that you can explain it to a, a kid is that marijuana, what it does it hinders your free will. That's the, the greatest gift that God has given us. Free will. Marijuana, it alters your mind. It alters your judgment. It alters your ability to think clearly and soberly. And it just, it just, it just arrests your free will. Jesse Romero is our guest. By the way, I don't think I mentioned this in the first segment. He's got a book on this very topic, What is Wrong with Marijuana? 50 Questions and Answers, which you can find uh, linked up at his website, jesseromero.com. Just go to the store. You'll see it there. Um, Let's talk about the occult aspect of this all. Is there a tie to um, uh, marijuana and other drugs in the occult practices? Absolutely. There's a... Many, many exorcists have talked about the addictive, uh, the fact that people who end up, end up in, in, uh, in, in, in the rectory with an exorcist, they end up because they're because they have addictive personalities. In fact, exorcists will teach that uh, addictions are a type of possession. And so you'll find people that end up seeing an exorcist, they're there either because, uh, again, just basically living a life of, of unconfessed, unrepentant mortal sin and having invited the diabolical in some way, shape, or form. But you'll notice most of them have, uh, they just have this tendency towards intoxication. And just to, just to show you, we were warned about this. Venerable Fulton Sheen, who died in 1979, he gave a lecture back in, uh, back in the 70s. And, and the lecture that he gave, it's, it's called uh, uh, trying to think of it. It's, it's a lighthouse voice from Calvary. Voice from Calvary. It's it's a three CD set. CD number two. Here's what he says. Fulton Sheen says, "Quote: The three gods that are worshipped by our modern culture in America are number one, Bacchus, Venus, and Mammon." He says, first of all, Bacchus is the god of wine, marijuana, heroin, the god of drugs. Hmm. So Fulton Sheen basically warned us uh, back in the 70s, something that we're dealing with right now. We're we're dealing with it right now acutely. But I'll tell you 
why marijuana is also wrong. Marijuana is considered a drug by the federal government. And when you look at the Bible, you'll, some people will say, well, yeah, you know, there's uh, prohibitions about, uh, you know, getting drunk with alcohol. There's, there are those prohibitions. Well, I would argue that there's also prohibitions against drugs. Marijuana is classified as Schedule One drug. Where? Every time you look at the word sorcery or magic in the New Testament, that word sorcery and magic in the New Testament is condemned as the work of the flesh. And it says those who practice this will not go to heaven. Well, what is this word? The word sorcery in the Bible, Revelation chapter 9, 18, 22, Galatians chapter 5, this word sorcery is the Greek word pharmakeia, which means it means medicines, drugs, spells, poisoning, and sorcery. In other words, the use of drugs, whether simple or potent, was generally accompanied back in the Old and New Testament by incantations and appeals to the occult and demonic powers. Most people don't realize that. And so every time you see the word sorcery, and or magic here's one revelation 9 21 nor did they repent to their murders their magic potions their unchastity or their robberies close quote magic potions is the greek word pharmakeia which means drugs in the ancient world mm. but they were people would get intoxicated in order for them to enter into occultic practices we have about four minutes left with Jesse Romero here. I want to ask you about medicinal uses of marijuana, uh, in the, specifically in the cases where THC has been removed. What does the church feel about those instances? Well, I don't think there's any magisterial, uh, opinion, uh, uh, any magisterial uh, opinions on, on, on CBD. The church doesn't get into that type of specificity. But I will tell you this. Here's something that we as as, uh, as Catholics, we've kind of lost sight of people say, well, I need, I need my CBD because, uh, you know, I've got a uh, back injury, I've got a this injury, I've got a that injury. Uh, so the first of all that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say is this, I as a Catholic, I don't trust the medical community right now. So when they say, oh yeah, you know what, uh, we've removed the CBD and stuff and, and, and it's safe. And then uh, the fact is, Dr. Vince Fortinace, who's a brain surgeon, he's a friend of mine, he says, he says that people tout that CBD has medicinal value. He says, after you're no longer the influence and you're sober, your sensitivity to pain comes, comes back and increases. So he says, you can extract the CBD, but it's very expensive. And we have drugs much less expensive that helps decrease your pain. I think as Catholics, I mean, I think about this. I go back to our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine him on Calvary? Uh, somebody saying, Lord, I know you're suffering a lot. Would you like CBD? Hey, there's no, you know, right. there's no uh, 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 addictive effects to it. How do you like some CBD, Lord? Well, the fact is, I think as Catholics, we've turned kind of wimpy. Whatever happened to redemptive suffering? Mm. I mean, isn't this, this is what the, this is what actually atones for your sin. I just don't trust the medical community right now. It's been hijacked and politicized and weaponized by the left. And so I think when they say, well, you know what, we take, we could remove the CBD for the marijuana and it's got medicinal properties. Really? It's medicine? CBD? Well, I'll throw a couple of other things out at you. 
where I know that they've lied to us. They'll say, hey, here's one. Homosexuals were born that way. Guess what? Before 1973, the DSM classified homosexuality as mental illness. How about this bumper sticker? Abortion is healthcare. That's pure propaganda. How about this? Oh, we don't sell aborted baby organs. Uh, yeah, well, that's been, that's been discovered. How about this? Hey, cloning human beings in laboratory, that's a good thing. How about this? Uh, euthanasia is merciful. It's dignified. How about this? Uh, hey, we come from monkeys and lizards and tadpoles and polywogs. Uh, yeah, that's, that's science. How about this? Hey, we can't use reparative therapy to try to help homosexuals become normal. How about this? Transgender bathrooms. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You are what you think you are. I can go on and on. The fact is, I don't trust the medical community as far as I can spit right now. All you got to do is follow the money. As St. Paul says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Jesse Romero has been our guest. Go to his website, jesseromero.com, and go to the store, and you can find his book, What is Wrong with Marijuana? 50 Questions and Answers. Jesse Romero, thank you for your time today. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. You got it, brother. God bless you guys. All right. Vir good work. Virgin Most Powerful. Check that out, too. He's got lots of uh, great content there as well. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in hour number two, we're going to have some inspiring news to share with you, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling, is a lot of fun. Prizes are at stake, plus we have an after show and so much more. Hang out with us online at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. Have a great feast day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside, in order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. 
Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Tomorrow is a holy day of obligation, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Are you going to go to Mass? You need to go. Make plans now, right? Chart your day. Figure out who, where are you going to go, what time are you going to go. Uh, great opportunity tomorrow to uh, not only go to Holy Mass, as we're obligated to do, but also to really uh, understand better what the Church teaches about the Immaculate Conception, its significance, Our Lady's role in the salvation of all mankind and in your particular life. So to do that, tomorrow we are going to have a unique guest on, uh, although we won't be live in studio. We are going to be off to uh, to, a, to not only go to Holy Mass, but also to spend our day in, in prayer and, and to uh, celebrate this feast day. Um, but we are going to have Father Broom on to talk about the Immaculate Conception. We're also going to have Kendra Tierney on uh, to talk about Advent traditions in the family. So it's going to be a great program tomorrow. It'll all be pre-recorded for you, but it'll be unique content. So if you are working tomorrow, please do tune in and uh, share us with a friend. We'd be very grateful to you. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, Good news story coming up. I guess uh, anything of redeeming value in the news anymore? There, you know, it's hard to find. It is hard to find, isn't it? (laughs) There are some good things. So I'm going to discuss a story of... uh, of a sort of heartbeat bill that's coming across uh, out, of, out of Florida. So it's good stuff. You know, when I was covering the news uh, before you started with us, I found it very hard to find truly good and redeeming s- stories. Like getting like the most negative stuff, no problem. You could yeah. just throw a paperclip and hit 10 of them. Uh, but uh, a good story that is, inspires or uplifts, that was a lot harder to find. So uh, which is part of the reason why we we go through the effort to find them to inspire you, the audience. So, praise be to God. Speaking of inspirations, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. It's good to be here. Is it? Praise be to God. In spite of it all? In spite of it all, it's good to be here. <laughs> despite the fact that uh, people are using marijuana. In there you go. In spite of it all. Despite now, it all. Mass, uh, what time are you going to go to Mass tomorrow? Uh, 7.30 in the morning. 7.30? Yep, mm. yep. You're sleeping Seven. in. Oh, yeah. It. No, well... I got to get up in the morning and launch the show. But other than that, 
then I'll probably just get up and get dressed and then go. <laughs> yeah, so I'll probably wake up around 5.45, uh, hop on my computer, and then launch the show and get dressed and go to Mass. Rudy, what time are you going to Mass? I'm going to go at noon. I don't want to disrupt the, uh, the baby's schedule. The so. crack of noon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the crack of noon. That's so brave. Yeah. So fearless and courageous, the crack of noon. What time did your, what time did your daughter get out of bed? Oh, probably every hour on the hour. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Well, I don't know. We were talking about getting up and going to the 6.30 a.m. mass. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Uh, the alternative... Just do it since you wake up so early. Yeah, exactly. For me, it would not uh, be normal. For them, it would be uh, a big <laughs> deal, but we'll have to just see. But either way, Holy Day of Obligation, great show lined up for for this uh, for tomorrow. Thursday, we, we we may be having a very interesting conversation with uh, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. Um, now, really do you know cool. that reference? You know that reference, right, Rudy? I I know the Dukes of Hazard. I haven't actually watched the show though. You've so. never ever watched the show. No, I was I was watching highlights. And, uh, <laughs> was, is this cool. is this the same era as Chi Chang Chong, or Chi, whatever it's called? Cheech and Chong. Oh. We had Jesse Romero on last hour, and he talked about he made a reference to Cheech and Chong. You know that reference, right, Rudy? Yeah, I, I know that one. Yeah. I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know who what the what who uh, Dukes of Hazards are or Cheech and Chong. John is Schneider, from, who played uh, Bo Duke in the Dukes of Hazard, which. I'm sure most of our audience fully is aware of. Y'all are um, making things up. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had the uh, I had the vinyl 45 of their theme song for that show. I used to play it all the time. It's great. <laughs> um, but he's going to be on to talk about the Alec Baldwin story, which is just getting more and more crazy every time he's on the news. Uh, from a perspective of a filmmaker, what actually happens on film sets? So John Schneider is supposed to join us Thursday during our after show. So if you want to catch that live, then you have to hang out with us then. Uh, but either way, we're going to have a pre-recorded show tomorrow. We're going to have uh, some great guests lined up. I, who else is who's the guest on Thursday? Um, Dr. Ken Gore is going to be on to talk about um, the abortion states of America, the Supreme Court decision. So Dr. Paul Ken Gore is going to be on Thursday live in the first hour, and then, as I said, John Schneider will be in our after show. So that ought to be a good day. So hopefully you'll enjoy your holy day of obligation. As I, as I said, we will have a great uh, pre-recorded uh, episode for you for Father Ed Broom and Kendra Tierney. Let's pray. Let's dive in. We have a good news story. We have Gospel and Saint of the Day, plus our game show all coming up right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news story with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your good news story for the day. LifeSite reports Florida State Representative introduces Texas-style abortion bill to protect babies with detectable heartbeats. A Florida legislator has introduced a bill banning abortions of babies with a detectable heartbeat modeled after the Texas Heartbeat Act. HB 167, if passed, would require abortionists to check for a baby's heartbeat before deciding to carry out an abortion and prohibits them from knowingly performing an abortion if they detect a fetal heartbeat or fail to perform the test. 
The baby's heartbeat is ordinarily detectable by about six weeks of gestation. The Florida bill introduced by Representative Webster Barnaby also mirrors the Texas Heartbeat Act's private method of enforcement. It would allow people to sue those who perform the abortion or knowingly aid or abet the abortion by paying or for reimbursing its costs through insurance or other means. It would not allow persecution of the woman who sought the abortion. Like the Texas law, the Florida legislation does not include exceptions for pregnancies that occur from rape or incest, but it makes an exception if, if a physician, physician believes a medical emergency exists, ABC News noted. The bill amends Florida statutes to replace the term fetus with unborn child and expressly states that it does not create or recognize a right to an abortion before a fetal heartbeat is detected. That is so important. We have to stop saying fetus. We have to say unborn child. That is, that is incredibly important. That's what we're dealing with here, an unborn child. If passed, the bill would save thousands upon thousands of lives. Most abortions in the United States are committed after six weeks of gestation. The Texas Heartbeat Act effectively banned 85% of abortions that previously would have been occurring, the Federalist reported. Saving about 100 babies a day, praise God. As NBC reported, after the Texas abortion ban was enacted, all 11 of the Planned Parenthood health centers in Texas had stopped scheduling visits for abortions past six weeks of pregnancy. And the Whole Woman's Health, and that Whole, whole Women's Health said that its four clinics in Texas would also comply with the law. Eleven states, including Florida, have announced intentions or plans to model legislation after the Texas Heartbeat Act, according to NBC, ABC News. Florida State Representative Anthony Sabatini, a longtime proponent of the heartbeat bills in the state, said of its most recent effort, it's time to start saving the lives of innocent unborn children in Florida. He accused Republicans in name only of having stopped progress every step of, step of the way in previous attempts at proposing a heartbeat law in the state. On average, 2,363 babies are murdered every single day. It is a modern-day genocide, and stories like this are bringing a lot of hope to us to see the end of Roe versus Wade and abortion here. And that was your good news story. God love you. This saint of the day is St. Maria Giuseppe Rossello. She was born on May 27, 1811 to a large Christian family. When she was just 16 years of age, she entered the Third Order Franciscans. You don't hear too much Third Orders nowadays. She had spent seven years in the service of a wealthy but childless couple when she earnestly desired to enter a convent. But she was refused admission because she had no dowry. The couple of whom she worked hesitated to furnish the dowry because they were unwilling to give up the girl whom they loved and intended to make their heir. Divine Providence came to her assistance. The Bishop of Savona knew of the special talent of Mary Joseph that she possessed, of gathering young girls about her and instructing them in their religion. So he purchased a house, furnishing two rooms as classrooms, and entrusted the work of teaching to Mary Joseph and a few other young women who were similarly qualified. And so in the year 1837, there were organized the Institutes of the Daughters of Mercy. A few years later, and the little band of teachers pronounced their vows. Mary Joseph administered the office of superior during the space of 40 years. She placed her community under the protecting care of Our Lady of Mercy and of St. Joseph. A favorite motto of hers was, which she was often heard repeating was, the hands should be at work, the heart with God. 
Her own experience taught her a lesson, and so she received good girls into her community without a dowry. Her love for the six sisters was expressed in the statement, quote, We must look upon our six sisters as our most reliable support. They, by their patience, their suffering, and their prayers, maintain the house and, in fact, the whole institute, since they seek and obtain for us from the Father of mercy the blessing of heaven. Mother Mary Joseph departed from this life on December 7th in the year 1880. She was beatified in 1938 and canonized in 1949. Saint Maria Giuseppe Rossello, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, well, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, So the general in a battle loves best that soldier who turns in his flight and courageously presses the enemy, than him who never turned his back, yet never did any valorous deeds, any valorous deeds. Yet there be some righteous over whom is joy so great that no penitent can be preferred before them. Those who, though not conscious to themselves of sin, yet reject things lawful and humble themselves in all things. How great is the joy when the righteous mourns and humbles himself, if there be joy when the unrighteous condemns himself, wherein he has, he has done amiss. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, so something very interesting that I had never heard before was this commentary. So he has a lot of things that he says about this particular um, this particular parable, but something that I had never heard talking talked about before was this line. Now I'm going to read it to you. He says, You may say these sheep are the sheep of the Son of Man, but Christ as man fed not the angels, but men only. Yet Christ was not as yet man when he came down to this world to seek the hundredth sheep. It is replied, uh, the angels are the sheep of the Son of Man. I was like, what? The angels are the sheep of the Son of Man? I had never heard that before. Because what is he saying here? He's saying, look how much God loves man. That he became man. He did not take on an angelic nature. He didn't come on and take a dog nature. He didn't come on and take any other nature except that of man. Because while man rejected God and we earned hell... We earn eternal damnation. Our Lord took on human flesh to save us, to save you and I, to save. He loves us that much. And that just blow. I was reading this and I'm mind blown by this. I had never thought about the fact that our Lord, he chose to become man. He chose to love us, to take care of us, to leave his sheep and to find the one that was lost. And that's us. And so how grateful must we be and how much more should we run to the son of man, run to God and be grateful for the opportunity at repentance. I know I don't take advantage of that nearly enough or think about it enough. And so that's, this is really a hard hitting for me, but that's I think one thing to take away for today.
All right, praise be to God. It is time to play our game Fear and Trembling, where prizes are at stake, and you don't really need to know the answers to the questions to win. All you do need to do is make a phone call. The phone lines are open. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, and you can be our contestant at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Looking for our caller to play our game after this very short break. Call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But you have to do me a favor. You have to promise me you're not going to tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. Okay? Keep this just between us. Uh, but there are a few things we like to do on the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a good time, and our callers tend to be a lot of fun. They put up with our shenanigans, they laugh with us, and we enjoy that the most, I think. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. 
But if you're new here and you are just joining us and you don't know really what's going on, here's the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I do not ask the caller the questions. They don't have to know. They could know zero correct answers and still win the game. And the reason why is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be wrong. And the uh, caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? This week we have our generous sponsor, uh, Verso Alto Coffee Roasters. Hey now. And they are gifting a trio of their light, medium, and full-bodied coffee roasts. Mm. Pull up a cup of amazingly fresh roasted coffee in the morning from Versalo Alto Coffee Roasters. Their philosophy is to the heights. They adopted this motto for their roastery because it dares them to embrace the simple life and to unearth the beatific within every day. If you're interested in supporting this uh, great sponsor, please visit their website, versolaltocoffeeroasters.com. Let me spell it out because it's a little confusing. V-E-R-S-O-L-A-L-T-O coffeeroasters.com. And we also have some other goodies from this uh, generous sponsor, but you'll have to sign up for our CDT Insider email to get those. Nice. I, I, I'm anxious to buy a bag myself. Coffee is my drug of choice, apparently, because I drink <laughs> it 70 ounces at a time. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, thanking our sponsor today by buying a bag at their website, Verso Alto coffeeroasters.com. Thank you for being a generous sponsor of our game show today. Let's go to the phones. Forrest, good morning to you. Morning, brother. Praise be to God, Forrest. Where are you calling from? Hondo. Is this my friend Forrest from Hondo, or is this a different Forrest? Are you the Forrest that we are, we are looking for, or shall we seek another? <laughs> I am the Forrest you're looking for. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice, and uh, uh, we're excited to play the game now. T- tell us, where do you go to church, Forrest? St. John the Evangelist, Hondo, Texas. Hondo, Texas. I've been there many times. It's a beautiful place. Praise be to Jesus. Now, Forrest, uh, this is your first time playing the game as far as I know. Uh, Adrian, is a no- he's a known entity. We all know how tricky he is. Uh, you have any opinions of Rudy so far? He's, pre- he's pretty new here. I I do not. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed y'all's time uh, during the the Sherathon. It was it was a joy to listen to. Um, but I really I I don't have a. a uh, I I'm kind of leaning toward Adrian simply because he's a he's a he he was in the uh, mm. Uh, mm. seminary as a <laughs> as a as a. Um, a Dominican, so I, I trust him a lot. You trust Dominicans? Uh, wow. Wow. That's uh, very wise of you. <laughs> I think the trickiest okay, one is Joe. No. I you know the old joke. You I, know the old joke. I am on your side, Forrest. I'm here to help you get into the cup. I will have to na- help you navigate the trickiness of both Adrian and Rudy. Let's see if we can't do, do this, do this together. We will start with Rudy, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? Are you sure? Yep. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Rudy, can you tell me what color vestments may be substituted for green? Hmm, green. Uh, well, you could substitute it with another one, another color with the same G. It starts with a G. So I'm going to say gold. Has to be. A, has to start with a G. Is what you're it starts saying. Starts with a G. The yeah. rule is as long as the color starts with a G. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, What's another one me. for Violet? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you're <laughs> saying your answer is gold. I'm saying gold. Gold. Okay. Gold. Gold is the answer, he says. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what color vestment may a priest substitute for the color green? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this is ordinary time we're talking about. It's a uh, season after Pentecost. Same thing. Uh, the That would be polka dot. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> why are you laughing? I'm not. It's just morning allergies. I don't get it. And I just had it's a little legitimate, bit of... I've seen <clears throat> priests wear it. Polka dots? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you've seen a priest wear polka dots? Oh, yeah. Huh. Where? So I can never go there. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, sh- sh- Forrest, let me, uh, let me help you out here. Uh, Adrian, in all of his astuteness and wisdom, seems to think polka dots is appropriate to replace green in ordinary time or time after Pentecost with. Whereas Rudy, the guy from California of all places, seems to think gold is an acceptable <laughs> color. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know why you're laughing. Forrest, what say you? I don't agree with the uh, the whole same 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 uh, letter thing, but it's not polka dot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Rudy. Yeah, it's definitely not because of the letter G. <laughs> yeah, uh, is there another color that starts with a G besides green and gold? I have no idea. Probably. But it's definitely not polka dot. That should be on a button. It's definitely not polka dot. Congratulations. You are in the cup, of course. Praise be to Jesus. Good job, Forrest. Let's see if we can't double your chances, though. We're going to go to Adrian with this next question. And uh, of all people, Adrian ought to be able to answer this Uh one correctly. Uh Uh-oh. Adrian, can you tell me, what is prayer? What is prayer? Right. Correct. Uh. Yes. That's kind of a, that's a that's a deep question. <laughs> is it? You have about a half a second. Uh, okay. Well, prayer is um, is worshiping saints in polka dots. No. Okay, so it doesn't matter yeah. whether or not only they wear polka only dots. priests wear the polka dots. I see during ordinary time. I see. Okay. Uh, Rudy, um, can you tell me what is prayer? Very simple, Joe. Very simple. It's lifting of the mind, mm-hmm. lifting your mind mm-hmm. and your heart to God. Mind and heart to God while wearing Seems polka dots. Very Do you sim- have to wear polka dots? I mean, I'm just, I just want to make sure, sure that's you're forbidden clear. from wearing your, polka dots. Your yeah. reception is actually better if you wear polka dots. Sounds, sounds made okay. up. Okay, wow. It's like 5G. We're, never mind. It's like forget, 5G. Forget I asked all this question. I have totally <laughs> thrown this game this time. Okay, Forrest, let me clarify. Rudy says prayer is lifting up the mind and heart to God, whereas Adrian, the Dominican, seems to think it is worshiping the saints. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Polka dots have no bearing whatsoever. Forrest, what say you? Adrian, how'd you go 0-2 on this one? I have no idea. Are you saying that I'm wrong? Rudy. Correct. <laughs> Boy, this is, this particular game has gotten way out of control. Super fast. But you're in the cup. Praise be to God. You got two correct answers there. You could win. Uh, let's see if we can't triple your chances, get a perfect score today. Uh, all right. We are not going to involve polka dots in this question whatsoever. Thank God. It will not happen. No polka dots were harmed in the making of this third question. I wish they were. Um, <laughs> Rudy, we're going back to you. We should all wear polka dots on Thursday, just for fun. Uh, Rudy, 
How many children did the Virgin Mary appear to at Fatima? There was four. Was There's there? Lucia dos Santos, her cousin Santiago Tres Santos, which is what? three saints, wow. and Jacinta and Francisco Marto. Four of them. That's a lot wow. of people. Yep. That is a lot of people. Um, I wonder what Adrian's going to say. Adrian, can you I'm tell definitely me? definitely not going to say four. How many children did the Virgin Mary appear to at Fatima? Yeah, that'd be that'd be three. I mean, I have like we have like all the statues of the statues <laughs> kneeling to the other statue, so that that would be three. <laughs> I'm not going to ask the question. I'm going to go with it. Forrest, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think there are three seers in 1917 at Fatima, whereas Rudy seems to think there are four. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Forrest, what say you? The good news is St. Dominic stopped groaning, and Adrian is correct. <laughs> Amen, brother. <Duh>. Amen. St. <laughs> Dominic is, is, is rolling over in the grave. Is that what you just said? Uh, wow. Duh. Poor Adrian. Holy Father Dominic or Pronobis. It's not easy having to give wrong answers, is it? Oh, it, it's uh, sometimes harder, but always more fun. <laughs> always more fun. Well, Forrest, praise be to God. Well done. Great Perfect score. Goodness. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Uh, hopefully, prayerfully, everything is uh, well in your life. Uh, everything is better. Becky got home, so we're uh, she, she's still having trouble. I gotta, I have to, uh, I have to help her with everything, but she's home. Praise, praise be God. to Jesus for that. What a Thanksgiving. And, and, God Abigail is so very good. Hello. All right. Hello, Amen. Abigail. It's good to see you. And that is going to do it for the radio side. We're going to put you on hold for us. But that is going to do it for the radio side of our program today. Praise be to God. Thank you all for joining us. If you want, you can hang out with us on the after show where we may or may not talk about polka dots. I don't know. You get to drive that conversation with your comments on our video feeds on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Odyssey, Twitter, or everywhere else, or even on our website, grnonline.com forward slash C D T. God love you. God bless you. Have a great holy day of obligation. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic drive time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic drive time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic drive time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial. Today we celebrate Tuesday, the second week of Advent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive is
exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who made the Bishop St. Ambrose a teacher of the Catholic faith and a model of apostolic courage, raise up in your church men after your own heart to govern her with courage and wisdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. I answer, What shall I cry out? All flesh is grass, and all their glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower wilts, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. So then, the people is the grass. Though the grass withers and the flower wilts, the word of our God stands forever. Go up onto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. 
Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord our God comes with power. The Lord our God comes with power. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Announce his salvation day after day. The Lord our God comes with power. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples his wondrous deeds. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He governs the peoples with equity. The Lord our God comes with power. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and what fills it resound. Let the plains be joyful in all that is in them. Then let all the trees of the forest rejoice. The Lord our God comes with power. They shall exult before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to rule the earth. He shall rule the world with justice and the peoples with his constancy. The Lord our God comes with power. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. The day of the Lord is near. Behold, he comes to save us. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. <clears throat> Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This morning's first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah provides for us a wonderful expression of hope for the coming of the Messiah. And it also, I think, for us, keeping in mind that Advent is, of course, a celebration that Christ came 2,000 years ago in Palestine in his nativity, but also the fact that our Advent is a journey to recognize that Christ is coming again and that we are headed toward the fullness of his life. The first reading then also very much applies to us to say, you know, God is also going to be lowering the mountains in our life, filling up the valleys to make sure everything is level for the coming of Christ, that we would be ready to meet him, and that we would truly come to an understanding of who it is and what it is that we are journeying toward. 
One part of today's first reading from Isaiah that I'd like to particularly focus on is the part where he says, All flesh is grass, and all their glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower wilts, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. It's kind of a beautiful image, you know, that all of the finest things of our human existence that we experience on this earth through created things, all of it pales in comparison to the glory of God. Sometimes reminds me when you go to a funeral and you can see family members and friends, you know, they're, they're grasping for images of consolation for what their loved one is doing in heaven at this time. And so, of course, everybody presumed their loved one is in heaven, which is a nice hope to have, of course. But a lot of times, you know, you'll hear things like this. For someone who loves golf, oh, I can see them now. They're on the first tee, ready to hit their drive, and it's going to be a great day. Or people who love cars, oh, I bet you they're driving in the best Corvette that there ever is there. Or someone who loves horses, oh, I can see them riding that nice white horse up there. Basically, a lot of times our images of heaven are to take the things that we appreciate, enjoy, and like here on this earth and then to multiply it by unlimited. All the free golf you could ever play, all the horses you could ever want to ride. And it's all kind of this extrapolation which really kind of forgets to say when we come face to face in the beatific vision before God in all of his glory, all of creation and all of the created things are going to pale in contrast to him. And whatever it is that we liked or loved about those things, we're going to immediately recognize that their source and what made them so special is the very fact that they came from God in the first place. And in that sense, it'll all kind of wilt, not because it isn't good, it is because it came from God, but because when you're before the source of goodness and love, you'll no longer be just interested in the faint representations of it, but you'll be totally captivated and mesmerized by the real thing, which now you can perceive with the special light of grace to see more clearly who God is. I suppose one could make an analogy this way. If you had a person who absolutely captivated you, that you loved, that you wanted to spend time with, if you walked into a room and that person was there, and then you had a photograph of just the back of their head, it would be rather strange to say, oh boy, look at this picture of the back of their head. I'm mesmerized, I'm captivated, I'm just going to keep looking at this. When the person themselves is right there and you'd say, well, whatever is good about them or the picture, <laughs> it's here present in the flesh and this is much more captivating and this is ultimately what is more amazing. And I think for us, you know, here below we grasp at images of what the beatific vision or what the coming of Christ fully at the end of time of, of what eternal life would be like and it's difficult to know but we should always keep that in mind that whatever it is we love about this world and the things of this world and the activities we do and the things that bring we human beings honor and glory down here the only reason we like those things is because their source and origin is in God and when we are face to face with him all of it is just going to seem like a faint representation of the glory of who God truly is. I think today's gospel, that is really kind of a perfect illustration of trying to create an image or an understanding of this sort of 
amazing love that God has for us because again when we look at the parable of the lost sheep uh, most of us would say hey if I was the shepherd and I had a flock of a hundred sheep and one of them went astray yeah it would be it would be sad but I would know I've got to keep the 99 intact because if I go off they're going to be vulnerable too in other words doesn't wouldn't really make sense from a human perspective to go after that lost sheep it would be kind of a foolish love to do it and that's kind of the image of God's love for us uh, we don't deserve it we don't merit it it is entirely his gratuitous gift and we should be amazed that he loves us the way he does that he's called us to be members of his family and part of our whole Advent journey and looking forward to the second coming of Christ and our eternal life with him is precisely to say how can we be weeded off the created things of this world as kind of the source of our happiness and honor and glory and more and more remind ourselves and live the reality that whatever is special about those things in the first place is only special because it comes from the source of all goodness and love which is God himself and so my brothers and sisters as we go forward today let us ask God for the grace that we would truly strive to see all people and all of creation as being unique and special because they are in some ways representations of God but let us above all ask for the grace that we would always strive to seek after the one who is the source of all beauty and goodness amen trusting in our father's love and mercy let us bring our petitions before him we pray for our holy father pope francis for his physical and spiritual needs we pray to the lord lord hear our prayer we pray for all bishops and church leaders that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the holy spirit in all their decisions we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they would be inspired to enact just laws that protect the dignity of human life at every phase, and which would never contradict the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, and for all those enrolled in the Sold Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. And for those intentions that behold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. 
now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule thou in our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. As we celebrate the divine mysteries, O Lord, we pray. May the Holy Spirit fill us with that light of faith by which he constantly enlightened St. Ambrose for the spreading of your glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, and so fulfilled, for he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation, that when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest. We who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sun Celia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicur in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, Sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For thy kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, on you stay. Qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. 
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. Dear Savior, haste, come, come to earth, dispel the night and show your face and bid us hail the dawn of grace. O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. Dear Savior, haste, come, come to earth, Dispel the night and show your face and bid us hail the dawn of grace. O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. Let us pray. Lead us who have been strengthened by the power of this sacrament, O Lord, so to profit from the teaching of St. Ambrose, that hastening fearlessly along your paths, we may be prepared for the delights of the eternal banquet through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina. Matami misericordiae, vita dulce do, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exiles filiebe, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Is a 